whenever I'm going to visit someone or I'm going to meet someone somewhere, the words that I dread most hearing from that person as they tell me how to get to where we're going, where I need to go, is you can't miss it. I don't know what it is about that phrase. It's like it's a curse. If someone tells me, John, you can't miss it, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to miss it. I think I consider it a challenge when they tell me that. You can't miss it. And sure enough, I can be going along quite well. And if they've told me that, it seems like every time I'm going to have to turn around or I'm going to have to stop and figure out where I'm at or I'm going to have to call them back and say, I'm I would never say that, but I'm glad you would. <laughs> Speaking of lost, uh, one time reading from Matthew 2 about the, uh, the wise men, I encouraged the congregation as the wise men did when they went home. Matthew says they went home a different route. I encouraged people, you know what, maybe to live into the gospel story, go home a different way than you usually do. I thought that'd be cool until somebody came next time. John, I'm never listening to you again. I got lost going home. <laughs> I'll stick to my route. Thank you very much. But I think I'm in good, good company with this idea of um, not knowing exactly where I need to go or where I need to be or missing something that should be so obvious. These wise men, whatever they were, wise men, church history has told us they were kings. Right. The word magi probably means something like magician or or astrologer or sorcerer. Even we don't quite know who they were and how many of them. But 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 we do know. Is that they were doing their whatever it is they do and they saw something. Something triggered their attention. Something caught their eye and they knew that something great had happened. We hear it from Matthew that they saw a star. Now, I need you to be able to appreciate this. They saw this star, whatever it is they saw. They dropped everything they were doing. They gathered up everything they would need for a long journey. Matthew doesn't tell us exactly where they came from, except that they came from the east. And all that really means for us is they weren't from around these parts. And they probably went on a very long journey. So they get their things ready. They begin their journey. Who knows what they have to get, go through to get there. But you would think, after going through all of that, after saying, hey, there's a star in the sky. Let's follow that star wherever it leads us. It's led us all the way up to here. You can probably hear one of them thinking, huh, we've got the gold and frankincense ready. Is the myrrh ready? Yes, good, because that star is going to lead us somewhere and you're not going to be able to miss where it's at. Except they do. Kind of. You would think that the star would lead them exactly where they need to be, but they stop short of finding the newborn king, and they come to Jerusalem. Now, maybe the star led them, all the, led them exactly right there, or maybe the star did lead them a few miles down the road, but they got to thinking, we're here to look for a king. Obviously, a newborn king like the one that we've just committed all this time to come see and to worship, that kind of king has to be somewhere in Jerusalem where everything is going down, where everybody knows that everything significant happens. 
And so they come into town, they come into Jerusalem, and they begin, you know how new people are, they start asking questions, right? Oh, these new people ask all kinds of questions, make us uncomfortable. Man, new people, just sit down and be quiet, and we'll tell you what you need to know. Isn't that right, church? You laugh, but um, that's kind of how it is sometimes. But here you have these people stroll in, these people who obviously don't belong in Jerusalem. Y'all with me? They come in, they start asking, where's the king of the Jews? Where's he at? We've been following his star. We know he's here. Where is he? They didn't know to look for a manger. They didn't know to look for a poor young family. They didn't know to go ask little shepherd boys or shepherd girls about anything they had saw. They had just decided, we're coming here to see a king. Obviously, we got to be here in Jerusalem to see the king. And so they begin to ask, where is the king of the Jews? Now, maybe some of us have some of that in us, that we think that all good and perfect things have to come in big and shiny, bright packages. But our Christmas story, the Christmas season reminds us that God works in all ways. Not just in the big and pretty ways, but in the lowly, meager ways as well. So we've got to be able to look for God everywhere. But they come and they ask this question, where is the king of the Jews? Where is he at? Do you know where he's at? Do you know where the king of the Jews is? You can see all these people. I think there's more than three. There's got to be at least 12, 15. There might even be, I don't know, dozens of them. They're asking around, do you know the king of the Jews? Have you seen him? Do you know where he's at? And everybody, nothing. And you know how church folk get, right? Somebody heard something, then somebody's going to tell something else, and then somebody's going to tell somebody else, somebody's going to tell that mama. Once they tell the mama, that's it. Everybody knows, right? We call that church, don't we? But But eventually... These questions make their way to Herod. King Herod, right? King Herod. If you read the Matthew account, the K is capital. It's not just a title. It's a part of his name. King Herod hears that these people are coming to look for a new king. And Matthew says he's a little perturbed. He's a little upset. He's a little disturbed. Because if there's a new king, what does that mean for me? I need you to understand, sisters and brothers, we all have a little bit of Herod in us. I know we come to church and people like me ask you to give your life to Christ. Do you make Christ... Lord of your life, King of your life. And and, and we say, yes, God, you are Lord, you are King. But that makes us a little nervous. Because if we say that Christ is the Lord and King of our life, that means we're not. And it's really hard to let go of that control. It's really hard to let go and to say, God, you take my life where you want it to be. It's a good Christian thing to say, but it's a hard Christian thing to do. Y'all with me? We all have a little Herod in us. So Herod 
finds out that somebody's looking for this newborn king, and then we find out something about Herod, that he hadn't been going to Sunday school like he should. Not like all of us. We all go to Sunday school like we should, right? Now, some of y'all just lying now. But I'm not looking. Herod hears that the king of the Jews has been born, and what does he do? He goes and finds all the priests and all the religious leaders, and he says, okay, now, I was supposed to read that somewhere in here, but tell me, um, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Duh, Herod, Bethlehem. Oh, yeah, I knew that one. I, I missed that one. But that, yeah, I remember that. And he decides, let me speak with these wise men. Secretly. Secretly, he brings him in. He says, I found him. I know where he's at. All I need you to do is go find him for me. And when you find the exact spot, come and tell me. I want to worship him too. And you know what he was doing? He was lying. Just like some of y'all about Sunday school. (laughs) He was lying. He wanted to get rid of that king. So he could still be king. We all have a little bit of Herod in us. Have you ever heard that? Or we can just sort of maybe push that King Jesus stuff just a little bit. So that we can still have control of our life. You know, maybe if we just regulate all the Jesus stuff to Sunday morning. That'll help me feel good about having Jesus as king but I can still control my life the way I need to. We all have a little Herod in us. Have you ever heard that? But the wise men all of a sudden realize, hey, the star is not done leading us. So they continue to follow the star a few miles down the road. And I love what Matthew says. I love that Matthew tells us this specifically. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. The cynic in me thinks, yeah, they're happy that their trip's finally done. You ever had a long road trip with kids? Lord, bring me to my place. I'll be overjoyed as well. But I also feel like there's a sense that we're here In the presence of this king, we made it. And when you understand where you're at with God, how can you not be overwhelmed with joy? On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Now, we all have a little bit of Herod in us. But I hope that we can have a little more of the wise men in us. Understand and appreciate, they've just made an incredible journey. They've just cut off a part of their life. They've just decided that they are going to go who knows how far away so that they can go see a king. And if we read in Matthew... They come to the house. They're overjoyed when the star stops. They come in. They see Mary. They see the baby. They bring their gifts. 
They worship. They pay homage. And you know what they do next? They go back home. All that time, all that effort, all that work just to worship a king. I'm going to let that preach for itself for a second. In a world where we'll worship, we'll serve if it's okay with me. In a time when our commitment level is so low, as long as I can work things out, God, I'm there for you. These people did everything they could just for the chance to worship. I have a little Herod in me. By God, I want a little bit of wise men in me as well. I want to be able to set my life aside just for the chance to be in the presence of the king. When I do that, I think I can trust that God will take care of the rest. God somehow revealed to those wise men, don't go back to Herod. He's a little shady. Go back home another way. I'm convinced that as I seek God's presence more, as you and I seek out the presence of God more, God begins to make all those other things make a little more sense. God will take care of us. We need to see God more, though. We need to seek God more. We need to be willing to admit and to confess all those times and those moments takes over. And we need to let God have our full trust so that we can be overwhelmed with joy and we can know what it's like to live in the presence of our King. That's what those wise men knew and learned. And I hope it's what each one of us can learn this morning as well. So, we should pray because it can be a little hard to push Herod out of the way. It can be rather difficult to trust in God the way we know we should and the way that we want to. And if you want to get rid of Herod and let the wise men in you come out a little more, would you pray with me, please? God, we have seen your light. We have seen the glory of our Lord. We have heard the good news. And we give you thanks. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for the times that we have neglected your power in the world and lived for ourselves more than you. But we ask, Lord, that you would help us to seek you with all that we have. And we know that when we seek, we find. In Jesus' name, amen.